How to Tell Stories to Children is a bi-weekly podcast exploring the science and methodology of storytelling. I am Silke Rose West. And I am Joseph Saracy. We are the authors of How to Tell Stories to Children. Our goal is to foster diverse storytelling by helping individuals like you awaken to the storyteller within. Welcome to the Story Village with Silka Rose West. Come in, come in. Welcome to the Story Village. Let us go and see what we can find. Oh, look, once upon a time, in the distance, Far away, there was a big forest. It was a beautiful forest with gigantic pine trees, birch trees in between, and aspens that would be golden in the fall. It so happened that among the golden aspens there lived a little gnome, and his name was Randolph Roots. Randolph Roots loved his home in the mountains and in the forest because he loved the sound of the leaves of the aspens. The aspen trees, they were like his orchestra outside of his home, and whenever the wind would blow, he would hear the symphonies in the rustling of the leaves. Oh, it was magical in the springtime. When the trees were growing new leaves, he was always so excited. And in the summer, he loved to dance and lay underneath them. He just enjoyed those trees so much. But the fall was his favorite time when the leaves turned golden. And when they were gold above his head and he was such a little gnome, he always danced and pretended that each leaf was a golden coin. And he would dance underneath and catch each leaf that he could catch and put it in a pile. And so he made himself a nice big leaf pile. One day a little hedgehog came by and said, Randolph, what are you going to do with all these leaves? Hmm. And Randolph said, Well, I'm really a poor little gnome, but I am pretending that it's my whole big mountain of gold. Oh, said the little hedgehog, Would you mind if I sleep in it during the winter? Oh, says Randolph, Why do you want to sleep in this pile of leaves? Well, it will keep me warm, said the hedgehog, and in the springtime you can wake me up. I just don't want to be out in the winter. It's not a time for me to look around. I don't really like it. Oh, well, I guess I could do that. You could make yourself a home in this little leaf pile. Just go in there and make yourself cozy. Would you need more leaves? Oh, yeah, the more the better, said the little hedgehog. 
So Randolph went and collected more leaves. And every time when a leaf fell, he jumped for joy and caught it up in the air. Oh, it was so precious and so magical. And there was one day when the wind blew and so many leaves fell that the little golden pile of leaves had turned into a little mountain. And only Randolph knew that the little hedgehog was laying underneath the leaves and was resting. But one day something dreadful happened. There was a sound in the forest, and it was not the sound of the wind. It was also not sound of the lightning. Randolph thought, what could it be? This is not the sound of Brother Bear. He has a strong footstep, but not like that. I wonder what it is. I'm going to go. Even little hedgehog was awoken by the sound. He said, Randolph, what's the matter? Oh, don't worry, little hedgehog. I'll keep you safe. I'm going to go and find out what's the matter. You just keep sleeping, okay? So little hedgehog rolled himself back into a little ball and kept sleeping hoping that Randolph could deal with the problem nearby. At least in his little hedgehog mind, that's what the little hedgehog thought. He thought maybe it's a big problem. But maybe it's not. He had to tell himself so he could fall back asleep, because it's really hard falling asleep if you have a big problem on your mind. Well, Randolph slowly went and walked among the aspen trees and then went and climbed up a big pine. He was very good at climbing because, you know, when he was a little tiny gnome, the squirrels had taught him. They thought it would be good to have a gnome that would know how to climb trees and they were very fond of him and he was very fond of them. And one squirrel in particular that still lived nearby, Squirrel Naughtyfoot, his best friend, happened to be in the top branch of the tree and he saw Randolph climbing up and he said, Randolph, what's going on? Did you hear that noise? I did. That's why I'm climbing. I want to see what's happening. Oh, I see it, said Squirrel Naughtyfoot. It's a giant. Oh, maybe it's just a giant rock. No, it's a giant. Or maybe it's just a giant tree. No, it's a giant. How do you know, Naughtyfoot? Did you ever see a giant before in your life? No, I haven't, but I heard stories from my great-grandfather. Giants, they show up once in a while, and they're big, and they walk and pull out trees and... Whatever comes their way, you got to watch. They might trample you into the ground. Oh, goodness, I better stay up here. But, well, they might pull out the tree we're sitting on. Uh, well, uh, where is the giant? Show him to me. Come on, further up. Come on, Randolph, way up. Shh, hold on. What's he doing? 
don't know. It looks like he's snipping his fingers. Oh my goodness, snipping his fingers and it makes such a sound. Oh no, I hope he won't jump in the air and do jumping jacks. That would be dreadful. The whole mountain would grumble under his feet. <sighs> what about my trees, said Randolph. What about Hedgehog? I have to protect Hedgehog. What if the giant stomps onto my leaf pile and then Hedgehog is going to get squished and be dead like a mouse? Dead like a mouse? Oh, well, that's just a way of saying it. I don't want my little hedgehog to die. I have to do something. Well, the only thing you can do is that squirrel naughty foot. At least that's what my great-grandpa said, because I have never met a giant before myself. But great-grandpa said, you will have to distract the giant. Distract the giant? But I'm so little. How am I going to distract the giant? Well... Um, said Squirrel Naughty Foot, I have an idea. Let's make ourselves a slingshot and we're going to shoot nuts at the giant's nose. At the giant's nose? Yeah, or maybe his eyes. Or his eyes? That might blind him. That might be dangerous. That's not a good idea. Well, go get the slingshot. I'll make one, said Randolph. I know how to make them really well. Okay, you wait here and make sure that we know where the giant is. Okay, said Naughtyfoot. I'm going to keep an eye on the giant. Quickly, hurry. All right, what do I need? What do I need? Hmm, a branch, a forked stick, and one of my rubber bands. That will work. Okay, quickly. All right, I got it. I have to first go to the hedgehog and tell him everything is going to be okay. He came back to his mountain of leaves and he said, Hedgehog, it's going to be okay. We got an idea. Naughty foot, the squirrel is helping me. Oh, thank you, said the little hedgehog and kept sleeping. Now he didn't have any more problems on his mind. All that was on his mind was... Beautiful little saucer of warm milk, and oh, it made him feel so good and warm in his belly. In the meantime, Randolph ran back to the big pine tree, and he scampered all the way up until he saw Naughty Foot. All right, you got the slingshot? Wait here, I'm going to go to Maiden, and I'm going to get 20 nuts. 20? Why 20? Well, 20 is a magic number. Well, you get as many as you want. You just get your whole sack full. I'll count until you're back. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I'm back. Whoa, that was fast. Well, I have to hurry. I don't want that giant to pull out my favorite tree and destroy the mountain. Grandpa said they're the most dangerous thing. There's nothing more dangerous than a giant. Well, if your great-grandpa said so, so who is going to use the slingshot? Well, how about you do it? I'll give you the nut and you shoot. Hey, I haven't practiced in a long time. I might not be able to hit the giant on the nose. It's okay. You can hit him in the eye. No, I don't want to hit him in the eye. Well, okay. Let's, let's try. All right. Give me a nut, naughty foot. One, two, three. Zip! 
I think it hit him on the cheek. Oh, I'm going to try it for the nose next time. One more time. One, two, three. Oh my goodness! Now that's not a good idea. We can't use our slingshot because did you hear the sound it made when he slapped himself? It was so big and so loud. Well, maybe we should go and talk to him, said Randolph, instead of shooting him with nuts. Well, shooting with nuts is so much more fun, said Naughty Foot. Oh, you silly squirrel. Well, I'm worried about Hedgehog, and I want to protect him, and I'm not afraid of the giant. But you're just a little gnome. I mean, he could step on you with one step, and you would be gone for good, and then what would I do? Well, then you would just have to live alone. I'm going to go, because I'm not afraid. Oh, you sure? Yes, I'm sure. Don't worry about me, naughty foot. I'm going to go. Here, give me your sack of nuts. What, are you going to go and shoot him right from there? Oh, you silly naughty foot. I'm not going to shoot him with my slingshot. I'm going to give him my slingshot and I'm going to give him the nuts. You what? You're going to give him the nuts? Well, you know, he is a big giant. He probably never had anyone give him anything. Maybe that will make him turn nice and he could become our friend. A giant? A friend? I don't know. I, I hope you're going to survive. Oh, don't worry about me, said Randolph. And Randolph went down to the bottom of the tree and slowly walked towards the direction of the giant. By the time he arrived at the giant's feet, it was hard to tell it was a giant. It looked like this gigantic oak tree. One of the legs of the giant as big as an oak tree. Can you only imagine that? So Randolph is at the bottom of the giant's foot and he's like, Hey, giant, hey, you up there. Hey, you. But the giant can't hear him, of course, because it's... Imagine there's a little tiny ant that's calling out your name, and you're like the big giant. Of course you wouldn't hear what the ant tells you. So Randolph thought, like, okay, gotta use my tree climbing skills. And he started slowly to climb up on the pants of the giant. Finally, he made it to the knee. Oh my goodness, this is a big giant. The giant did not know anything was crawling up his legs because he was so big and he could actually barely feel anything. In fact, he was not a giant that felt a lot of things. He couldn't even feel it when the earth was rumbling beneath him. He couldn't even feel it when a rock hit his head. That kind of giant he was. Well... Randolph didn't know that, so he kept climbing higher and higher and higher, and he kept climbing higher and higher and higher until he reached the waistline of the giant. The giant still didn't know, and Randolph thought, well, I'm going to give it a try. Hello? Hello, you up there? But nothing, nothing came back. So he kept climbing higher and higher and higher until... He realized he was sitting on the giant's elbow. Okay, well, just a little more, a little longer to go, and I'll be up on his shoulder, and then I could talk into his ear. 
So Randolph took all his courage and he took a deep breath because climbing up on a giant is like climbing up on this giant mountain. I mean, have you ever climbed on a big mountain? It's hard work. Oh my goodness. And oh, you feel like you're going to run out of breath. Well, Randolph kept climbing higher and higher and higher until he sat on the shoulders of the giant. The giant, in the meantime, thought to himself, Oh, I'm going to whistle myself a nice little tune. He started whistling, and it went like this. It didn't sound good to Randolph. Oh, my goodness. This giant doesn't have a nice voice, he thought to himself. What shall I do? Hello? The giant still didn't hear him. Hello? The giant was so focused on whistling <laughs> that he couldn't hear a thing. Boy, I gotta go into that giant's ear, said Randolph. Oh, my goodness. He grabbed onto one of the hairs of the giant and he used it like a rope. Do you ever go rock climbing? You know how you use these ropes? Well, he hung on to the giant's hair and he pulled himself all the way up to the giant's ear. He went on the top of the ear and slipped right into it. And there he was in the giant's ear. Oh my goodness, it was very waxy in the giant's ear. I hope he can hear me. Maybe I should clean it out. Well... Randolph happened to have a little hammer with him. That was more like a pickaxe. It had a little point. And so he started cleaning, 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 cleaning the giant's ear. The giant felt something in his ear and he started putting his hand against it and started squishing it and pushing it. And Randolph said, stop. Oh, what was that? Somebody said, stop inside my ear, said the giant. It's me, Randolph, the, the gnome. Oh, my goodness, it's a gnome in my ear. Oh, no, help. Hey, stop, stop, don't run, said Randolph. Don't run, don't move, be still. It's my ears talking to me. My ears talking, oh, my goodness, I better start running. Don't run. Okay, I won't run, said the giant. Don't move. Okay, I won't move, said the giant. Sit down. So the giant slowly sat down. Ah, Randolph was breathing. And then he thought, what am I going to tell this giant? Hey, did you ever eat any nuts? Nuts? I don't eat nuts. I eat apple trees. You eat what? I eat the whole apple tree. I don't just eat an apple. I eat a whole tree. Oh, my goodness, said Randolph. That's terrible. That means you don't know the sweetness of a nut. The sweetness of a nut? Well, what are you talking about? Well, can I come out of your ear? I don't know. I don't even know where you are. No, no, I'm going to come out of your ear. Hold on. I'm going to come out. Here, look. The giant just sat still like a boulder, rolled his eyes to the right, looked at the tiny little gnome and thought, Wow, that's weird, a gnome that lives in my ear. But now Randolph said, Here, taste a nut. 
but the giant's hands were too big to pick up the nut. So Randolph said, open your mouth. I'll crack the nut and I'll climb up on your chin. I'll put it in your mouth, but make sure to keep your mouth open until I'm safe on the other shoulder. All right, said the giant, who actually enjoyed the company of this little gnome. So the giant opened his mouth and... Randolph climbed up on the chin and placed the little nut on the tongue, which tickled the giant. <laughs> and then Randolph climbed back out to the other shoulder. Now you can close your mouth and you can... Well, he wouldn't hear him. So again, Randolph had to climb inside of the ear on the other side and he said, Hey, close your mouth and eat the nut. Mmm, the nut... Tasted like something the giant had never tasted before. What was this? Isn't it sweet, said Randolph. Well, I never tasted something like this before, but it's good. Well, if you sit still, I'll feed you another one. All sit still, said the giant. Randolph climbed out of the ear, down the shoulder, up the chin, and placed another nut into the mouth of the giant. He was that brave. Imagine how brave you gotta be to go inside of the mouth of a giant. Then he went into the other ear and he said, Giant, I want to ask you something. Could you please not walk further up on the mountain because my friend Hedgehog is sleeping underneath a pile of leaves and I'm afraid that you're going to trample on him. And my friend Squirrel Naughtyfoot is afraid of you because he heard terrible stories about giants from his great-grandfather. That's terrible. I'm sorry that he heard bad stories. I'm really not that bad. Well, you're kind of loud. And, and you're strong. I think you're stronger than you know. I am strong because giants are supposed to be strong. No one ever taught me not to be strong. I could teach you how to be a little less strong. Oh, you could? <laughs> yeah, but you have to find a place where you live where I can visit you so you don't come trampling onto my ground until you're really ready. All right, I'll go and find a good place and you can come and visit me, but you have to visit me with nuts because I like nuts. All right, I'll do that. How about I'll talk to my friend Squirrel Naughtyfoot and ask him to share his nuts and maybe he will come and he will talk to you too. I like it when you sit in my ear and you talk to me because no one ever talks to me and I'm so tired of my own voice. Ah, I understand, said Randolph. But you know, I learned how to have the trees be my friends and so I talk to the trees. Yeah, well, trees, they just, they are talking so quietly I can't even hear them. I know, that's your problem. You don't have really good hearing, do you? I have great hearing, and I have a great voice. Well, your voice is so big that it shakes the mountain. Maybe I can help you to learn how to listen a little bit better. That would be nice, said the giant. Randolph said to the giant, show me where you're going to live. 
and they both looked down a mountain that was a big cave. That's where I have been living. The only thing is I've been sleeping for the last 50 years. Oh my goodness, that's how long you sleep? 50 years? Well, yes, I'm a giant. What, you think I take just a little nap in the winter? No, I sleep 50 years at a time and it just happened that I woke up. Perfect. I'm glad now I know where you are. I think I must have mistaken you for a rock in the past. I'm going to go and talk to Squirrel Naughtyfoot and we'll visit you next week, okay? I would like that because I like your voice. It's nice when you sit in my ear and when you feed me nuts. It feels like somebody cares about me. I do care about you and I care about my friend Hedgehog too. And I care about the trees and the mountains. And I want to make sure that you're the kind of giant that we want to have around. That's my task as the gnome of the mountain. What's your name? My name is Randolph. What's your name? Oh, uh, I forgot. But maybe next time when you visit me with your friend, we can find a new name for me. Because every time when I fall asleep for 50 years, I forget my name. That makes sense. Well, it was nice meeting you, but could you please stand still until I'm all the way down because it will take me at least 10 minutes to get down to the ground. Okay, I'll put my arm down and you can slide down. Pretend that it's this giant slide, how about? Oh, I like that, said Randolph, and he slid from the shoulder down, 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 down to the ground. And then he walked back home. And when he saw a squirrel, Naughtyfoot, Naughtyfoot said, Oh, I'm so glad you're alive. Oh, yeah. Me too. And you would like that giant. Next time I'm going to go see him, you're going to come with me. Oh, I'm not going to go visit a giant, said Naughtyfoot. Oh, yes, you will. And you will like him. He was just asleep for the last 50 years and just woke up. But don't worry. We just have to teach him a few things about the mountain and everyone will be safe, even little hedgehog. And so Squirrel Naughtyfoot and Randolph Roots the Gnome decided to visit the giant the following week. And maybe we will be there too and we can hear what they're going to do. It would be exciting to know if they can actually teach that big giant a lesson and if they could become friends with him. Then that giant wouldn't be so alone. And it can be quite fun having a giant for a friend, don't you think? Now let's go home. Back to the village we go. Our story has come to an end. But the circle is round and it has no end. And that's why my story will never really end. Thank you for listening to the Story Village. I look forward to our next journey together. I do wonder what we will find. Every day brings a new gift, and with it a new story. If you are a child, you might find it fun to explore your own story village as you play throughout the day. Who lives there? What kind of people do you meet? And if you are a parent listening to this story, 
I encourage you to find your own Story Village inside and begin to share stories of your own. Storytelling is a powerful way to feel into the collective energy of your children, neighbors, parents, and grandparents. I share my stories out of desire to empower you to tell yours. We are part of a global village where anyone may enter. Your story is the greatest gift you can give to your village of human beings. The sound of your voice, the feeling behind your words, the courage to let yourself be heard. This is the true gift of storytelling. You. Thanks for listening to How to Tell Stories to Children, a bi-weekly podcast from the authors of How to Tell Stories to Children, now in 19 languages. Our goal is to help parents, teachers, and grandparents connect heart-to-heart with kids. You can find this podcast as well as upcoming webinars, events, our blog, stories, and more at howtotellstoriestochildren.com and on our Facebook page. You will also find the entirety of Season 1, which gives more background and perspective on a variety of storytelling topics. You can also submit questions and ideas. we like to hear from you. If you value this podcast, we invite you to consider making a contribution to keep it alive. The proliferation of free podcasts, articles, and resources on the web makes it easy to forget that real people are behind the work. It means a lot to us when you take the time to rate and review our book, this podcast, or share it with a friend. And if you're able, your financial gifts at patreon.com slash how to tell stories to children make it possible for us to continue calling out the storytelling voice in other parents, teachers, and grandparents. Together, we can spread the intimacy and joy of storytelling one family at a time. 